Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Now to help us understand the collapse of FTX and what consequences it might bring to the crypto sector, we have chief economist and global strategist at Euro Pacific Capital and host of the Peter Schiff Show podcast, Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Peter, there's a lot of heat on uh, crypto right now, uh, mostly because of the FTX debacle. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried uh, last night uh, spoke at an event. Uh, what are your thoughts on what he said? Well, I didn't hear what he said, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I wish I would have uh, taken a deeper look into Sam Bankman-Fried uh, earlier, because I think I would have ferreted out the fraud pretty quickly, just like I did uh, with Celsius. I, I, I just had one debate uh, with uh, Mashinsky, and I immediately knew he was running a Ponzi, and I called him out during the debate. And this operation was similar in that they were paying yield on crypto. How could you do that? Cryptos don't generate yield. The only way to generate yield is to take tremendous risk, which is exactly what he did. Uh, except the people who were depositing their crypto didn't appreciate the risk that was being taken. Of course, they were taking a lot of risk themselves just owning crypto because all these currencies are basically worthless. They're not even really currencies. They're collectible tokens. But pretty soon, nobody is going to want a, a Bitcoin collection or any of these collections, uh, and the prices are going to implode. Peter, a lot of fund managers are actually expressing uh, sympathy to him now, saying that they believe... Uh, you know, his naivete, if you will, versus, you know, uh, consciously uh, defrauding people. What, what is your take? Well, I don't really know to the extent that what he did was criminal or just, you know, gross incompetence and negligence. I don't really have enough information, but he was a young kid. I mean, just turned 30. But, you know, you would think that some of these hedge fund managers that invested with him uh, would have done a little bit of due diligence. But this just shows you uh, the way investors will act when they're drunk on cheap money. So I would blame the Federal Reserve uh, for a lot of people acting as foolishly as they did, because maybe he was a kid, but there were a lot of grown-ups that were giving him money. Peter, I have to ask you about your uh, thoughts on the overall state of the economy. Uh, a lot of volatility in the markets. Uh, what, is, what is your uh, thought? Well, the U.S. economy is an absolute disaster. I mean, thanks to Fed policy over the last decade or so, we have a gigantic bubble. We never had a real recovery. Uh, we just had a financial bubble, and we dug ourselves into a much deeper hole than the one the Fed put us in in 2008 following the financial crisis that they also created with the same type of monetary policy uh, that is creating the crisis that we're heading for, which is going to be far worse than what we experienced in 2008. I mean, not only is inflation going to get much worse, and it already is, but we're going to have a worse financial crisis than the one we had in 2008. So this is going to be the worst recession that the U.S. has ever experienced. It may even be worse than the Great Depression. It will certainly feel worse for most people, because in the Depression, at least people got the relief of falling prices. This time, uh, consumers are going to feel the sting of dramatically higher prices. So, Peter, with that said, um, I've, I've heard you mention before that uh, you believe that the third uh, quarter growth um, in the factors involved are temporary. Could you break that down for us? 
Sure, the only reason we had positive GDP in Q3 was because of a big improvement in our trade deficit. Now, we still had a huge trade deficit. It just wasn't as big as it had been in the prior couple of quarters. That was thanks to two factors. One, the strong dollar, which is now reversing. The dollar just had its worst month in 12 years, and it's falling again sharply today. So that's going to push the trade deficit up. In fact, the trade deficit in November that was released yesterday swelled by 10 percent. It was a huge jump. But the other factor that helped bring down the trade deficit was all the oil that Biden released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Oil companies were able to buy that oil and then export it. And so that artificially boosted our exports, uh, which improved GDP. But pretty soon we're going to run out of the oil in the Strategic Reserve. There won't be a reserve left. And so we won't be able to rely on that crutch. So I think Q4, I mean, the economic news that came out yesterday and today was horrific. So I think we're going to have a big negative number for Q4 GDP. Uh, and so we're going to end the year on a low note. And I think we're going to have another negative quarter in Q1 of 2023. And what are you seeing uh, between the lines when you see that uh, retail sales are up? Well, they're not really up. I mean, prices are up. So if you factor in inflation, retail sales are down. You know, in fact, look, construction spending numbers came out today and they're down, but construction costs have skyrocketed. So the fact that, that, that spending is down, even though the cost of building has soared, that tells you that construction projects have ground to a halt really in this country. People are just not building because nobody can afford to buy uh, what gets built. Peter Schiff, really appreciate your perspective. Uh, anytime. And joining us next to discuss the unrest in China and the disruptions to the global supply chain, we have deputy editor at Asia Times, David Goldman. David Goldman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. David, when it comes to uh, semiconductor chips, many used in consumer applications were at one point uh, military restricted, uh, some of which are not allowed to be exported to foreign countries, specifically uh, China. Uh, should this be regulated more tightly? Well, of course it should, but the question is what's the effectiveness of regulation? Right now, uh, U.S. companies cannot sell chips with gate widths of less than 16 nanometers. Uh, that means you can pack 30 billion chips, uh, 30 billion transistors in a chip you sold in China, not 60 billion, as Apple has on its most advanced smartphone chips. I don't think that this has a big military effect, at least not in the medium term, because virtually all military applications use older chips uh, with, that are well under uh, the guidelines. Uh, there was a RAND Corporation report uh, last year which detailed uh, uh, chip by chip uh, what goes into weapon systems. So in terms of uh, inhibiting the Chinese from firing surface-to-ship missiles at American aircraft carriers or running satellite surveillance, I don't think this will have a terribly big effect. The issue is more a futuristic one. How important will the very fast and energy conserving chips be for artificial intelligence applications that might be developed sometime in the future? Now, on the topic of China, as we see China grappling with unrest across the country, 
Uh, do you think this changes the dynamic of how they're looking at Taiwan at all? Uh, I think it will tend to make them more cautious. Uh, the Communist Party made, I think, very grave blunders in its handling of COVID, and the COVID lockdown policy, or zero COVID, was one of the most unpopular things that any Chinese government has done in more than a generation, and it provoked uh, demonstrations across the country, to which the government appears to be making concessions, uh, as well it should. Uh, that, I think, has sent a warning signal to Beijing, and it will not want to engage in other disruptive actions that might lead to, let's say, severe economic consequences, uh, which would increase popular dissatisfaction. So, if anything, I think they've gotten a slap in the face, well-deserved, and they'll sit back and smart and sting and try to figure out what they do next. So with regard to the uh, global uh, unrest, whether that be in uh, you know, the war in Ukraine, what we're seeing in China, uh, different parts of the Middle East, um, there's the question of the supply chain. Uh, does this pose a national security risk uh, to the United States? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll give you an example. The United States has failed to deliver F-16s, that's a very old technology, to a number of allies, for example, Bulgaria, which is now looking for planes from Sweden and France, part of the excuse that Lockheed Martin gave for not meeting its production schedule, and that, by the way, includes Taiwan, which has ordered but not received F-16s, is the global ship uh, chip shortage in 2021. So if you believe Lockheed Martin, We've already had an, a disruption of uh, production of mature weapons systems that we should be able to roll off quite easily because of problems in the global supply chain. So unquestionably a national security issue. David, you have spoken before um, in depth about detrimental misconceptions in the way that we understand China. Is there one specific thing that we need to be aware of or clear on when it comes to assessing uh, China? China will go to war over Taiwan under the specific circumstance that it believes that Taiwan is going to break away from the mainland, abandon the one China policy and become a sovereign state. China always has a regional and ethnic fishers, and every Chinese dynasty, or almost everyone, has fallen because a breakaway province allied with a foreign opponent or invader. So the paranoia in Beijing about a breakaway Taiwan is intense. In that sense, I think President Biden was right when he met uh, last month with President Xi in Bali to say that the United States is not going to change the one China policy and not press for Taiwanese sovereignty. That's an issue which is best uh, delayed for future resolution uh, and not something that we should, um, that's, that's a live wire that we shouldn't, uh, uh, that we shouldn't touch for the time being. David Goldman, really appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.